Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skin off goal. Look at that pass. Haydak! Goal! Columbus! I think it's on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy podcast. Soccer day to you. Soccer podcast day. I don't know. It's been so long since we've done this. I forget how to say it. I'm Bone. I'm Beam. And we're back. What was this? A two and... Uh, quarter month hiatus something like that i don't know it's been a while yeah here's here's the reality for everybody who uh likes this podcast and gets mad when we don't post it uh beam and i have like a we have other things to do here and then also we both just forget to do things from time to time because of those other things but uh legitimately beamer's been doing a million things here I haven't done a ton here. I just do the radio show, but I have been like working on three hours sleep for the last two months because of having a two month old. Since the last time we talked, we didn't know that you were going to have the baby. I mean, we knew we, we, knew you we were, were having. Yeah, we knew we were going to have the baby, but I don't think since the last time, no, we had the baby was not born. The, no, since we've done the last podcast, it was in August, late August. Can you believe what that? was even going on in August? What were we I even think we were talking? talking about? Hell is real. And, uh, yeah, that was probably like hell is real. And uh, oh, that's right. It was Premier because League you went back. down to Cincinnati. That yes. was exactly the one. Yeah. Was so this a fire drill? That's yeah. what it was. What a great, what a great day that was. I say we just keep that as our last podcast of all time because <laughs> I think that tops it all. Yeah. Well, we've got lots to get into today. And I don't know, savor this because it may be the last one we do until the end of the new year. I hope not. Uh, but we have plenty to get to. We have got the crew getting a big addition that I'm very excited about. We'll bring that up. My president, Christian Pulisic, finally ascending to the throne. Yeah. Ready for it. 15 goals. It's coming for you. I don't know about that, but he's looking pretty good. He's looking pretty good. Champions League recap, MLS Cup preview at the very end, if we can squeeze it in. But you know what? MLS Cup takes the backseat to all this other stuff. And we are starting off with the champions of the world. As uh, Paul Heyman would say on WWE when talking about Brock Lesnar, the defending reigning, undisputed champions of the world. The U.S. women's national team was here in Columbus they were. this week. And they put on a show out at Moffrey Stadium on Thursday night in 33-degree weather. <laughs> they beat Sweden 3-2. to two. Uh, New era there, new coach, sure. new everything. But you know what's not new? Carly Lloyd scoring goals. And she did that again in this game. It was pretty impressive to watch. It's really unbelievable because you look at what these women did this past summer, right? And they go out there and they win the World Cup and really dominate the entire performance throughout. I mean, it was it was a hellacious performance by them. And then to come back home and, you know, reset a little bit and to be playing some of these games. And not only, Bone, you know, to do it in your in one of the, the biggest cities that enjoys soccer in the country in Columbus, but... Coming to Tamafre Stadium and doing it in the cold weather in a type of game where you're playing Sweden, so you know it's going to be obviously a a high fire affair there. But then to do it in you know sub thirty degree weather, probably where they're out there in shorts and in jerseys, like it really is unbelievable to think about. You know, we're just a few months removed from them winning their World Cup, 
and they're already on to a different cycle and what they're doing and keeping yeah. people interested in this team, and I love it. And the fact that Carly Lloyd is just brick and mortar, rock solid. I mean, things will never change, and I hope Carly Lloyd never retires from the national Dude. team. Carly Lloyd is 37 years old. Unbelievable. And she is still, like, watching her last night, I took the girls out there, my two oldest girls, my youngest, Abigail, she's two months old or less, not even two months old yet. So we're not taking her out to the soccer events quite yet. Uh, but the girls, I thought maybe we'll last a half because it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. Literally had to fight them to get out of that stadium <laughs> at the end of the game. They were like, no, let's stick around. Maybe they'll come out and sign stuff. And I'm like, they're probably not going to come out and sign stuff. And if they were, U.S. soccer will charge you a billion dollars to meet them because yeah. they capitalize on all that. And that's fine. But, yeah. Carly Lloyd, watching her live to me, uh, it, it's just impressive. I I went. I talk about this all the time. Going and seeing Liverpool play and Mohamed Salah. When you see Mo Salah like actually playing against other humans, mm-hmm. and you see just how much harder that guy works, and just how much more determined. There's that extra little level of crispness of of fight of whatever you want to panic um, well panic yeah. of of like but also like when the ball hits his foot it just stays a little closer to him than it does for any other world-class player that's playing the premier league even there you can see the separation and that's what it is when i see carly lloyd it's like she's just a tick better or at least she was that night than everybody else and all her trials where she basically became a sub under jill ellis at the end of her career now she's getting resurrected again to be able to have a chance you know, Alex Morgan isn't playing because she's pregnant. So this is kind of her team right now as far as offensively. And they have the Olympics next year. This is, you like you said, start of a new cycle. But the Olympics are coming in 2020. And she's probably going to factor in at 38 by the time those games start. She'll probably, she'll probably be right in the mix for that. If Alex Morgan, as she comes back from having a baby, we'll see how she can do. But this is still going to be a, a very interesting time for Carly Lloyd in her career. I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how that works out because we know in the past World Cup Carly Lloyd was kind of the super sub, right? You know, she was she was that person, she would come in late in games and then you would expect her to get a goal. And so what you're seeing from Carly Lloyd now is really what she's been throughout her entire career. I know she's getting up there in age. She probably can't play 90 minutes every single match because it's wear and tear on her body. That's just the way that nature is, right? It's the way that that life is. The older you get, the harder it is for you to recover. But I'm going to be really interested to see when the U.S. Women's National Team, when they make the Olympics, when they go over, I believe it's in Tokyo, when they go over to Tokyo in 2020, because like you said, Alex Morgan is pregnant, and she is saying what well, the baby is due when it's in I April it's, or May. Yeah, it's a couple months before. And then the Olympics are in July or August. Yeah, and so, so three, it's like four a, months. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a two and a half to three month window where she wants to get back. Alex Morgan said it. She wants to get back and she wants to play for the U.S. Women's National Team in the Olympics. I'll be so interested to see if those roles kind of swap. Right. If you'll see Alex Morgan come on as the sub because she possibly may not be ready to play a full match, full 90 minutes. She's not going to go full tilt. But, hey, this is still Alex Morgan we're talking about. Even on her worst day, she's probably better than 90% of the players out on the field. So can you drop her in for the last 20 minutes of a game, the last 30 minutes of a game, as you edge closer and closer to an Olympic title? What's her role going to be? And then if Carly Lloyd continues on this run of form bone, then why, why wouldn't you play her? No, of course, why not? She scored uh, goals number 119 and 120 Woo. in her international career Woo. at Moffray Stadium. Should have been 121 because she had the, the hat trick was right there for her. Uh, she had a penalty kick she took and maybe getting ready for the NFL because she took it right over the crossbar. <laughs> it actually looked like a really good field goal. Please, Bears, the Bears, sign her. The Bears could have used her, but 
Yeah, so she she's Eddie just, Pinheiro would have missed that kick too. Of, bone. It's of fine. course, yeah. Uh, Carly Lloyd's fan. I think I actually jinx, jinxed Carly Lloyd because I'm like, oh, penalty kick. It was right in front of us. It's the third goal. It's like you have all the time in the world to get yep. the camera set up. So I took a couple pictures, had the video rolling as she approaches the ball. I'm like, this would be great. We'll get video of the hat trick. My girls will always be able to relive this moment. And then she skies it over the bar, and I <laughs> threw my phone out into the Didn't get the video the of the night. brace, did you? No, unfortunately not. Uh, Rose Lavelle, Lindsey Horn, Julie Ertz all just own the midfield. They Rose Lavelle is my gal. I know she's a, she's she's a great Ohio gal, and I had... One of my buddies who actually lives up in Chicago with, and I spent the the, the prior weekend hanging out with him. She, he used to play on a he used to play on an Ohio like premier team, and the the girls equivalent Rose Lavelle was on that. So he's actually been pretty close to her. So I've I've known about Rose Lavelle since we've been you know yeah. basically in high school, and he was he's always told me he's like, hey, this girl is going to just make waves in the U.S. soccer world, like, you just watch. All right, okay, okay. She goes to Wisconsin. It's like, okay, you know, whatever, and kind of lost lost tabs of her, and then her name sure. pops up, and now she is just a megastar. It was very cool when she was right by the Nordeca, and they just embraced her with, yes. like, the biggest loving cheer of all time. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah. The the Hive is a group of, like, girls who are kind of in the Nordeca. Their, their parents all have been in the Nordeca for years, and they're all, like, you know, probably in the 8 to 12 age range, these girls, they've started their own little supporters group, and it was cool. They were all in the front row as Rose Lavelle was taking a corner kick, and it was very cool to see yeah. that photo of, like, hey, here you go. Here's These are the girls that are looking up. And, by the way, that's a weird thing about going to a national – I've never been to a women's national team game. The cheers, like, when 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 the, when you see a good play or when a score happens, and a cheer usually goes up from the crowd, there's, like, a bassiness to it. This was more like the cheering that you would hear at a Justin Timberlake concert, or like a like a, a concert where there are like teenage girls sure. attending. But which, of course, there are. There's a lot of girls there. Uh, but yeah, it was a really cool atmosphere and, and a lot of fun. How would you rank that as as um, as best atmospheres in Mafre Stadium that you've been to? You know, it was tough because I wouldn't put it up there yet. It's not up there with like when the men's national team comes. Part of that I think was just because it was so damn cold yesterday. Yeah. And I think that was a little bit that that took the crowd down slightly. A lot of people were just trying to stay warm as best they could. Um, but it still, it was a, a really nice time to be out there in a great atmosphere and a lot of fun. I will say with Rose Lavelle too, watching her like just in person, there is no doubt in my mind. If you stuck her in MLS, she could she could dribble through half the defenses in MLS, if not all of them. I mean, she's that. She's, she she's, is. She is that good. There's there's things that I like, and that's why I like women's soccer sometimes a little more than some of the other women's sports. Not that I don't, I don't hate the other sports. It's just when you watch an NBA game versus a WNBA game, there are differences. Yeah, fair or unfair, there are. There are in in women's and men's soccer too, but women's soccer, the game just it lends itself to brilliant. Soccer lends itself to brilliance. Mm-hmm. If you're brilliant with the ball at your feet, it doesn't matter. You know what you think the level of competition. These people who say women's soccer, oh yeah, well, it's not as good as men's soccer. I don't know. You it's put, basically the same damn you put, thing. You put Real Madrid up against the U.S. women's national team, the men's team versus the I don't probably, yeah, the men are bigger and, and probably a little stronger. It's going to be tough for them in some of those spots, but there are people as talented in women's soccer with the ball at their feet as any man I've ever seen. And you put the women's national team against, like, a high-level college team, and yeah, I would sure. be interested to see what would happen. Of course. But either way, that – that is all stuff that doesn't really truly matter. What matters is that this team is the best women's soccer team we've probably ever seen assembled over the last you know ten years. The run that this women's national team has been on, actually ten years, twenty years, it's been on this run. Uh, one other person I want to bring up before we go, Casey Short, 
She was left off the World Cup roster because Jill Ellis said she didn't have the defensive or the uh, offensive game to yeah. move up. She's a defender, but she wanted her to be a little more offensive. Well, in this game, she set up the initial goal with a great pass that I think got through to I think it was Kristen Press who actually got the assist on Alex Morgan. Uh, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd's first goal, and that pass, the first pass that set it all up, was from Casey Short coming out of the midfield, uh, moving up from her you know left back spot. She did great. And then she also drew a penalty late in the game. That was the one that uh, Carly Lloyd couldn't convert. But that was good to see for her. If she's hoping to make this Olympic roster, that's going to be notable for her. I also bring her up because my daughter, my oldest, Vivian, she it was it's having kids, watching life through your kids' eyes is tremendous because she was the one who actually said to me, Dad, who's 26? And I, you know, I'm not as familiar with the roster. Sure. I'm like, I don't know. Let me look her up. And so I said, oh, okay, that's Casey Short. And I kind of explained the situation with her. And she goes, oh, yeah. She's like, well, she's playing really well. This was like 10 minutes into the game. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, well, I'm going to start. Because I was just kind of watching the game, taking sure. the atmosphere, just kind of getting acquainted with everything. And also, I've got two kids, so I'm trying to make sure they're not, like, jumping around going yep. crazy. I start paying attention to her, and I'm like, you know what? Viv was right. She actually is. She, she is playing She's playing good. really well. She when was are we going to have everything. her on the podcast to explain this? <laughs> I don't know. We might have to make Viv the uh, women's national team correspondent. If you did not watch that game, it was on FS1 last night. I'm sure they're replaying it again at some point. But Sunday at 8 p.m. in Jacksonville, you can watch the same women's national team take on Costa Rica on ESPN2. Was so. it weird being in Mafre Stadium cheering against the team in yellow? A was little that bit. weird to you? It was a little bit, yeah. It definitely was. It, you know what, though? It dawned on me like midway through the second half where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm sitting here watching because people will say in sometimes, like, again, with like WNBA versus NBA, oh, the WNBA is an inferior product to men's basketball, which it's not. It's just different. I never felt like anything like that watching this. I like It took me until the second half where I'm like, oh, I, I'm told by all the sports punditry ever that like women's sports aren't as fun as men's sports. We yeah. don't cover them the same way. We don't talk about them the same way. Going there was like, that is just such a, a narrative I already knew was stupid. But just being there, it was like, yes, can confirm. That's a dumb narrative. I, I My name is T-Bone, and I can confirm that this narrative <laughs> is very, very stupid. Yes. Uh, let's move on. Talking about the black and gold, they got a big addition, and it will be announced on Monday, or if you're hearing this after Monday of this upcoming it's week, been it's been announced. announced. <laughs> Darlington Nagby coming in from Atlanta. The deal's done. They're saying it's going to involve possibly the largest amount of TAM and GAM. Uh, you know I love me some TAM and GAM. <laughs> the allocation money going back to Atlanta is going to be fairly significant. Maybe the biggest in league history is the rumors we're hearing. But um, supposedly with Darlington Nagby, Atlanta wanted to re-sign him. They offered him a multi-year deal, and he flat out said no. Mm. I want to come to Columbus. So obviously he's got the connection with Caleb Porter being right. his former coach. Uh, both in Portland and uh, in college. So, yeah, Darlington Nagby, one of the best players in MLS this season. If you read what the Atlanta United supporters and fans and reporters are saying, they are all saying this may be the biggest loss in franchise history of a player uh, outside of um, – Oh, why am I blanking on his name? He just went to Newcastle. Guy who plays in the Premier League. Why? I forget his name, too. <laughs> I play, uh, I Miguel Almiron. There Sorry. you go. Yeah, like, outside of losing him, this is the next most significant loss we've ever had in our short history. And they're saying next year they don't know how they're going to replace this guy. Listen, There's not a player that you can go out and find in MLS that does what he does. When Porter and Bezbachenko came in, they, they were drawn a very short straw, right? Because we know that they didn't have... 
an entire offseason to get things in the works, and you knew that you were already losing Zach Steffen. So as as optimistic as we tried to be at the beginning of the year and the way that they started it out off, you were like, okay, you know, this team could be a little bit competitive. I think the true team showed what it was last year. There was just a – there was one, there was a, a ton of injuries that you were dealing with. Two, there was an obvious lack of depth with your team. And so I'm so excited now – because you have a an entire off season to kind of formulate a plan. I'm sure they were formulating a plan when they immediately took the job. You know, they're just not looking at it on a day to day basis. They're looking at all right, who can we get? Who can we who can we go and scout? You know, we had uh, Bezbachenko on this podcast right here. He was like, yeah, you know, a big thing for us to go down to is Argentina. Like we're trying to basically corner every single market and every single place. And so now with this organization with the backing of the ownership as well, having a full arsenal of of weapons at their disposal to say, hey, go out and do this. Go out. We support you in what you're doing. We trust your eye for talent. If you say that Darlington Nagby is going to make us a true competitor, then let's do it. Let's go out and get it. And so the fact that the Atlanta United supporters are out there saying that, like this could be the biggest loss in franchise history for us, and then Columbus is saying, hey, not only do we still have our team in the town, but we have a general manager, we have a head coach that has a ton of familiarity with the talent in this league, and let's go get one of the league's best players. That yeah. is amazing wherewithal to say, you know what, we're Columbus, we can sign big players too. Yeah, it really is. And the cool thing with Darlington Nagby, because Porter's system is a little different. It's not as different as some people want to make it out to be from Burhalter's system, but where it is different is that Burhalter's system required the team and almost – begged for the team to play out of the back to the point of madness sometimes if you're yeah. watching those games and you see it with the national team now where it's like they're not doing anything. Will Trapp, when he was back there, is just kicking the ball back and forth with the center backs. What are they doing? Well, they're trying to draw the other team out so they can pick a spot and then go. Porter system wants them to be up higher with that possession. So midfield on to the 18 of their opposing, you know, team's defense that's where they're trying to possess the ball which is and, more of an attacking brand and still play out of the back yeah. but at midfield not you know way back at your own 18 so Darlington Nagby one of his best qualities that he has is he is like an an, an instant offense guy not in the sense of like he can just dribble through nine guys although he's he's good with possession he can keep the ball with him but it's more about if you're trying to possess the ball and you're trying to press and keep that team that you're going against in their own half, so he's got to be defensively really stout and jump in front of things and knock out passes, things like that. It's not that he just does that, but then he is so good at getting the ball, one or two touches, and then it's right to a forward yeah. in a spot on the 18, and that's in on goal. Turning defense into offense with him in the midfield and connecting that is something that he does about as well as I've ever seen in MLS – and now that's exactly what Caleb Porter needs. Iguain, in his role back with, you know, when he was healthy, obviously no longer with the crew since we last talked, uh, but Federico Iguain, he fit in better with going back, getting the ball from a will trap, and then connecting that through the midfield and kind of making the first pass and then getting it on the second pass. Yeah. This Darlington Nagby is going to be a guy who can take the ball in his own half as he's playing defense on a press, turn it, touch in on goal for someone and that's what this team I think is going to flourish with when they get him I think the best part about him too is that not only can he he set up the the short supply passes and you know one touch two touch release quick right but he can also supply those balls that are going to be 35 40 yards in the air get yeah. it on the foot of some some wing some striker who is who is 
just beating it down the field. Right. And I mean, it's it's really incredible his accuracy with those passes, Bone, to get it from foot to foot that quick or foot to head that quick. It really is amazing. So I think that crew fans are going to fall in love instantly when Darlington Nagby makes his debut for the crew. Yeah. I mean, he's 29 years old. It's reasonable to point that out, but so what? I mean, some of the best players in the league are over 30. Right. It's not a big deal. And I, if they have him for three or four years where he is still at a, at that level, I, I think that can, be, that can be a guy that you may be seeing when they bring him in this year that is here – He's one of the faces that they build around when they open the new stadium. He's one of the guys who could lead you to an MLS Cup within the next couple of years. But I mean, not even that, too. That's his talent. I mean, that, that's fantastic. But also, when you bring in young players, when you bring in youth players and young guys who are playing the same position, you have an absolute role model there who they can model their game after and pick his brain on everything. So even though he may not be here for 10 years, right? Yeah, he may not right. be here for forever, may not be here as long as Pippa was. It doesn't matter because then you're creating this culture in the in the dressing room, in the locker room by saying, okay, you know, this is who this guy was. This is what he brought. I'm going to model my game after him. And then it sets a culture for your team moving forward. It's just a really good guy to have on your side. And last thing on that, that is the culture that MLS needs to head towards is you don't always need to have guys who have been here for seven, eight years. You're going to need a few of those on every team. But by and large, if your team is really good and competitive, like Atlanta has been, Joseph Martinez in high demand. Yeah. Now they resign, they've kept him, but Miguel Almiron, obviously we talked about with Newcastle, went on you're going to turn guys over because other teams are going to want them. And if you can't always pay them, you need to be able to go find their replacements. Or as guys age out, you have to go find their replacements. So I'm okay with that. If he's here for three or four years and that's kind of his deal, Sure, totally fine with that. Um, Give me 90 seconds on Christian Pulisic and then we'll talk Champions League. Um, Christian Pulisic, we were all panicking. Who's he? I don't know. He's. I thought he was dead because Frank Lampard hated him. Chelsea didn't want to play him. He he missed like out of six games. He played once. Didn't yeah. start in the Champions League game against Lille. And then what happened since then? Oh, he's played in every game. We were all freaking out. He had the hat trick a couple weeks ago against mm-hmm. Burnley. He had the game winner against Watford. And now top ten in expected goals in the Premier League. Welcome to the Christian Pulisic era. I am now a Chelsea fan for the rest of the season. Please respect my decision. I will answer no more further questions on that. I respect I res- it. I the right I respect to change- it, man. I reserve the right to change that opinion in, like, I don't know, a month. But for right now, I'm actually considering getting the fattest Chelsea jersey you can find with a Pulisic on it. Because <laughs> I, I, I really, man, I just I, I love what he's doing there. I'm a, I'm a huge Pulisic stan. Listen, Let's go. we know that going from country to country and going from league to league, is difficult, especially, I mean, we know that Christian Pulisic, obviously he's American, he speaks English, and was over with Dortmund for so long, speaking German, getting integrated with that culture. And so I feel like we do, we do a lot. We do this really in every single sport, but soccer especially. Like when you have a big-time transfer come over for huge money, and especially in America when you're looking at a guy in Christian Pulisic has been, who has been tagged as like the U.S. men's national team saving grace and the wonder boy and like all these different things that have gone on with him, you obviously have these huge expectations. And so when you come over and you're expecting him to do big things from game one, that always doesn't happen. You know, like it's tough for you to get, all right, I have a new system. I have new teammates. I have new chemistry. I need to learn with these guys. Like I need to do things X, Y, Z. I'm worried about like learning the city, like just all these different things with the different cultures and countries that you're living in. And so now that Christian Pulisic is getting integrated with the systems and the players and the tactics that Frank Lampard is integrating on the team, 
Now I think it's time for like, okay, now I'm going to go. I don't need to be thinking about things. I've got it in my mind. And so I am just going to rock and roll and I'm ready. I'm ready to go now. And I think that's what you're seeing out of him. Sometimes you have to sit on the bench and say, Hey, pay attention to everything that's going on here. You need to learn a little bit. He's still young. He was going to be fine the entire time. But the fact that he's been doing that over the past couple of weeks is very impressive. And it's not just that. I mean, he had the assist that uh, set up, was it, I think it's Tammy Abraham's mm-hmm. goal uh, when they played. Well, it, when they, uh, in the first leg, was that the first leg against Ajax? Where yes. they Where he set up the assist and actually, he didn't really, he beat Sergino Dest, the other U.S. national team wonder kid who's, you know, in and out of Ajax, but like who also committed to play for the U.S. Men's the US national now. team. Yes, which is that's great. great. But he 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 magged him in the box, and that was a moment of like, hey, here's two U.S. national teamers hopefuls. in the Champions League in the Champions League duking it out, and and Pulisic got the better of him. It was it was quite the thing to see. So I am happy for the Pulisic era to continue. And 15 goals, I said it before the season. I stand by it. Let's. I didn't think it was going to happen. It's happened. And now I'm a little bit nervous. You should be nervous. Uh, Speaking of Champions League, that Ajax return trip was quite the thing. It was really unbelievable. So I got back from Chicago on Tuesday, and that's when obviously the Chelsea Ajax game was being played. And I was laying on my couch, and usually I'm here in the radio studio, and I'll stream one of the games or whatever. But I was like, oh, yeah, Champions League's on. Let's, Let's pop this sucker on. You know, watching it, and it's 3-1, and then they go up 4-1, Ajax does, and I'm like, oh, boy, that's no good. Maybe I'll just take a nap or something like that. I don't really know what's going on in this game. And then within a, I, I kid you not, within 90 seconds, just all hell breaks loose on the game. All hell just breaks loose. And Chelsea's going down the field. Daily blend, bad tackle on Tammy Abraham. He goes down. Ball gets passed. They flip it into the box. Handball. So you're like, okay, they're going to get a penalty out of this. Referee runs over to Daily Blend, get, gives him a, a red card. So you're like, all right, he's off. That was a bad tackle. And then runs over to the other IX player, gives him an extra yellow for handing it in the box. He gets a red card. IX are down bang, bang, two players, which I've never seen in a span of that time. They get the penalty. It's 4-2. Chelsea then go I mean, within six minutes of each other, get it to four four, and you're like, oh my god, they're they're by, they're going to win this game, and then they have a a goal ruled offside via VAR, and then they tie the game four to four. It was one of the craziest games oh. I have ever witnessed in my life. It's amazing. You watch a sport for so long, and you're like, yeah, okay, this is going to be good, and then you see something you've never seen before in that game, and it continues to amaze me. The more and more that you watch a game in a sport, whatever that you can go so long without seeing something and see something so new that you've never seen almost like every other week. Yeah, it, and that's the beauty of soccer, which is why we love it. And there's always new new points of data to make you either question what you thought you knew or reinforce something that you had thought maybe had, had not been a thing and suddenly now you've got to go change your opinion. I love I love it, and it's it's such a fascinating thing to keep up with. But that game was just all over the map. We were watching it in the studio, and... Every time I looked up, I'm like, oh, man, Ajax got another goal, a couple of own goals, whatever. And I thought, right. all right, this is bad for Chelsea. And then my first thought, of course, is like, did my did my, my, did my saving son, grace do anything? Did my grown son, Christian Pulisic, <laughs> did he do something to cause this? But then you go watch it and you're like, it's, and then they came back and it was it was crazy. I thought they won it. They didn't. Um, let's also talk about a couple quick other things there in the Champions League. Real Madrid had something happen that 
doesn't happen often for them in the world of like impressive things at Real Madrid. There's been lots. Yeah. This was one of the more impressive things you've seen in recent vintage. Yeah. So Rodrigo, he is 18 years old. He just scored a hat trick for Los Blancos and it was pretty amazing. I think Paul Carr from ESPN tweeted this out when it was happening that there's only been three 18 year olds score a hat trick in the UEFA Champions League and two of them have been from Real Madrid the other one being Wayne Rooney obviously for Manchester United he made his debut against Fenerbahce and we know the Re- I mean it's you know f- yeah. almost folklorish like his debut sure. and what was about to come for Wayne Rooney yeah and then the other one being Raul who held the the most goals at Real Madrid for for all time before a guy named Cristiano Ronaldo came along and so just get yourself acclimated to this cat named Rodrigo from Brazil. All right. Just, just, isn't that amazing though, where with Rodrigo or any player like him, like Jadon Sancho, right? Yeah. When he, when he burst onto the scene, it's like, oh man, which of these big clubs is going to get to luck into having this guy. Mm -hmm. And then with Rodrigo, it's like, Oh, they already got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've already identified They've him already since he was 12 years him old. Up. Great. So how, that's much, his... how many of the, those other guys did they you have in his pipeline? You right? don't get the season or two where that great player is on a team that is not as good as he is, but yet he can just take over games. And you go, wow, look at the, look at what this guy's doing amongst look all at these Erling other Look Holland. Where is right. he going to go, look at right? All these normal yeah. people. And nope. then this one star, it's like, yep. nope, here's the star already with the stars. And then he's being a star. And you're just like, ah, oh, well, they. It makes a little they more found bone Leo DiCaprio, crushing, right? They found Leo DiCaprio and we're like, yeah, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Cool. We've already got it. We yeah. know. We know Oscar. the book. We he's know the book. for an Oscar. We know. It's good. <laughs> like, you just. They're like, oh, they didn't. This guy didn't like do community theater. He's just right there, yeah. already on the scene. Yeah, he's fine. And so yeah. that was that was pretty cool to watch as well. Uh, that that he scored the hat trick when he was 18 years old. I mean, that's got to be a pretty damn cool feeling for him. And then especially Real Madrid. Wonder how the jersey sales are going this week yeah. in Madrid. Yeah, probably, probably pretty good. good. Probably good. And uh, your guys, Bayern, just oh, you know, hey, how you doing? Just we've, humming we've, along. We've got 12 points. We're fine. Yeah, We're and, and that's the thing. You know, coming into this year, you're like, all right, who who are the big competition favorites? And I will say it every single year that Bayern Munich should be a favorite when they enter a contest every single time because of what they are not only rock steady in their league, but they're also so damn rock steady whenever they play in a European tournament. And so, no big deal. You know, the only other team with four matches played and 12 points is PSG. They're obviously trying to get over their big hump that they that they haven't gotten over yet. The shocking two-legged loss last year to Manchester United, that's unacceptable for them. But then, yeah, nobody talking about Bayern Munich, just humming along. You know, four games played, 12 points, four wins, and a group with Tottenham and then Red Star Belgrade. So, yeah. They're they're doing they're doing they're about doing as things. expected. They're doing things. I would agree with you. Um, weekend things to watch as we get ready to get out of here. Uh, quickly, we mentioned Chelsea earlier. Seven thirty tomorrow, they take on Crystal Palace. I will be locked in on that. And then you've got Sunday MLS Cup. That is the rubber match between Toronto FC and Seattle. It is in go Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, there's going to be seventy thousand people there, and it takes a lot for me to say go Seattle. I know. But here's the reality. As much as Seattle and Columbus have had their tiffs over the years, their rivalry, uh, do this one for Siggy Schmid. Siggy Schmid, obviously legendary coach in Columbus, won MLS Cup there in Seattle as well and has just been you know, a legend. Win this one for Siggy. That's what I have to say. And also, Michael Bradley, go pound sand. You suck. Andrew Wiebe, who writes for MLSsoccer.com.soccer.net. Uh, <laughs> Skynet. Yeah. 
He had an article today headlined, Bradley is special and MLS fans should appreciate him. Uh, no. No, he's not. He I don't actually, appreciate him. He's kind of ass. Well, no, this is it, though. Like, he brings up, yes, he's been the driving force on this Toronto team that has managed through all these changes and everybody coming and going. No more no more Sebastian Javinko. Uh, you know, all the different players that have come and gone over the years. He's been there the last six years, and they've had the most success ever they've enjoyed in the time that they have. And that's reasonable. Yeah, they they had Josie Altador there, too, obviously, during this time. It's impressive that they have done as well as they have. The idea that Michael Bradley is special is undercut by the fact that he was the captain of a team, and I don't care that you don't like this Andrew Wiebe, because he talks about how he's a big stand for Michael Bradley and he's been a fan of his for years. When you don't make the World Cup with a generational team that is supposed to be able to get to the World Cup, if not win everything in it, at least get there, and you, Michael Bradley, are the the main guy on that team, that's your era, and you failed, that's how you get remembered. So, yeah, MLS fans can enjoy him. He can go score three goals in this game for all I care. I'm never going to respect him, let alone all the stuff he said about Columbus. But, no, you don't get... My respect. Well, the good thing about that is that he's not going to score three goals on Sunday, no, so you don't even have to worry about that. Another thing on Sunday, 1130, big Premier League clash. You have Liverpool right. and Manchester City. Liverpool with 31 points. City with 25. Jurgen Klopp talking earlier in his press conference saying we need the players to be on it. We need the media to be on it. We need the fans to be on it. We even even need the guy in the stands selling hot dogs to be on top of his game <laughs> so that we can beat City. We Huge. Need the, we need the ball kids to throw the of ball course, in early to get us Or delay the ball. Or delay the ball being yeah. thrown in. Whatever it takes. Got to get it done. Got to think about those things. I did see that uh, Aderson is uh, out for Manchester City. So, big loss for them. Yeah, it was weird. And then Claudio Bravo came into the game. He got a red card. So, Kyle Walker had to play goal in their Champions League match. So, So that was fun. But he's already been ruled out for the Liverpool game as well. So, we will keep an eye on all that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll talk to you sometime between now and St. Patrick's Day. And hopefully Manchester United are relegated down to the championship and that the (laughs) Shrimpers don't get relegated. Yeah, I got too many third division teams going on. <laughs> Sunderland, my b- brother Bone, who I'll have to talk to at some point about the posh of Peterborough United. Good. You with the Shrimpers. It's all third division all the time here on Bone and Beam United. That's it for us. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you soon. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United.